0: Magyanatimiram desya ginam dinasalaki. Chakshadam militam gay natashmi shri guravayam. Namashristam manumapi sati putram matrasadupam. Rupam desya grajamuru putimataring gustavatim. Radha gidibaram maho radhikamadhavasam. Up to your gripaya, SHRI Gurum Tamnatushmi. One chakalpataru, yes, chakripas and uveiva cha, putita nam pava, nephew, vashna ve, puramo, nikilashruti, molirat namaladiti, Aji muktakulai rupas shamanam paritashtam marinam samsrayami. Anare pitachadim tida tkarunayabaterunakalahu. Shamar paitamunna doshbalara samsavakti Hari purata sundara dhuti kadambasandhi vasachinandana. Aja nulambita budjo kanaka kamalaya takshu beswam buru dwi aburo jugadharma palu and the jagat ladini shakti sarupaya paya godangasuridayacha bhakta shakti brother nai he Krishna Karuna Sindho Dina Vandho Jagatpate Gupesha Gupika Kantaradha Kantana Murshtate Radhe Vrindavanadhi Shri Karunam Vritavahini Kripaya Nijapadabjadasyan Mahayam Pradiyatam Bhaktya Vhenayapadha Lakshaye Chiptas Chakamaditranga Madi Kripa Maitwam Shadan Prapanam Brandi Maste Chedanar Vindam Brandi Maste Shri Satinandan Gaur Hari Ki Jai, Shri Hari Naam Sankirtan Ki Jai, Shri Shri Gaur Nityananda Ki Jai, mm-hmm. Nananta Goti Vaishnava Brinda Ki Jai, Gaur Pramaam Hari mm. Good morning, pranam to all of you. Thanks for coming. <coughs> Thanks for the invitation to share <coughs> Still a few more words, <laughs> although sometimes it's better to stop talking and just appreciating in silence the the greatest of Krishna consciousness, the greatest of uh, Harinam Prabhu, especially after a very nice kirtan we have just been <laughs> able to witness. I, I kind of feel inspired to not give a class and just cancel everything and just <laughs> <laughs> stay in silence, appreciating the glories of of Hari Nam and, and, and all that comes from there. Mm-hmm. As as our Goswami explained, from Nam, everything has flourishes. Nam, Rupa, Guna, Lila, the form of Krishna, the qualities of Krishna, and the Lila of Krishna all springs from the name, which in one sense is not different from Krishna. And in another sense, is if we if we want if we want to establish one difference between the name and the named, is that the name is even more generous than the named. Rupa Goswami mentions that. Yes. So in one sense, Krishna himself worships his own name, considering this is so, so unique. So how much we are to worship Srinam. This this famous beautiful lila where At one point, Sri Krishna is inside the the bower, the forest bower, the kunja with Sri Radha and, and the gopis, and Sri Radha is in the mood of Bhartrika which means like uh, how to say independent lady love who is giving orders to the to the man, so to say. And Krishna is totally controlled by the love of Sri Radha. That's that's his favorite situation. You know? <laughs> Generally, Krishna is famous as being the supreme controller, but ultimately his favorite situation was his to completely bowing down at the feet of Sri Radha. Mm-hmm. That that's that's the goal. The God we worship. You know, we worship a God who bows down to love. For us, the goal of life is not God. The goal of life is love of God. Our goal in life is not Krishna. Our, love, our goal of life is Krishna Prem. It's Prem. We, what we want to attain is Prem. And Krishna's goal in his life is Prem. Also, <laughs> he, he already has Prem, but he always can attain more and more Prem. So Prem is a goal of life for us and for God, <laughs> which establishes, It is the ultimate goal of life for everyone, unanimous. So Krishna loves to bow down at the feet of Srirada. This is the famous line of Jayadev Goswami's Gita Govinda, Dehi Pada Palavam Mudharam. Once Jayadev Goswami is composing Gita Govinda, and at one point in his meditation, inspiration comes the call to write that line, which basically means. Krishna is bowing down at the feet of Radha, which nobody said that till that moment. So he himself was in shock with his inspiration. Like, no. is, this, is this legal? <laughs> no. Is this real? Is my mind, I'm, I'm speculating, or this should be put into the text? Because so far everything was really nice, but now come this idea that I never heard it before from anyone. He's thinking Krishna is bowing down At the feet of someone else. (laughs) Everyone is bowing down at his feet, but he's bowing down at the feet of someone else. Everyone is worshiping him, but he's worshiping someone else. Mm -hmm. That's the secret of of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Sila Prabhupada once said that. Everyone is, most religions teach God is the object of worship, we teach who is the object of worship for God. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Krishna has his own altar. So anyhow, Jayadev uh, Jaya Goswami was doubting: Should I write this or not? Should I officially state that Krishna is bowing down and defeated? Trina? See, I, I'll go for a walk. No, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll relax my mind for a minute and go back and see what what comes. Maybe I'm getting too too, too too concentrated in writing, and I, I, that takes me to write nonsense. So probably this is nonsense. I don't know. I'll go for a walk. And return, <laughs> as you may know, he goes. His wife remains at home, and she's prepared lunch. And when Jayadev, Jayadev Goswami returns, he sees his wife eating lunch. Uh, and he's like, "Why you didn't wait for me? Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened?" And she looks at him and said, "Like, what, what, what are you talking about? You already had lunch like half an hour ago." And I'm, I'm having lunch after you. And so Jayadev Goswami is like, no, I, was, I went for a walk for the last hour and I'm just returning. She's like, no, no, no. You, you, you came like half an hour ago. You had lunch. Now I'm having lunch myself. So Jayadev Goswami is in shock. And he looks at the distance where he left the palm leaves in which he was writing He was thinking about writing this line that he didn't put into the text. He had left the the palm leaves in a certain way, and now the palm leaves were in another way, like open. So he asked his wife, like, did you mess up with my palm leaves, so to say? Mm -hmm. And she said, no, no, I was cooking, I was serving you, and now I'm eating, Mm -hmm. nothing to do with palm leaves. So now he's more shocked. So he gets closer to the palm leaves and he says that in that place where he was thinking if to write this or not, the line was written. So then he realized, oh, Krishna himself came to my house in the form of myself (laughs) to confirm that fact. And on top of that, to have lunch as well. (laughs) He was un- hungry, he got lunch as well, but the main point was he came to confirm this fact. I was doubting, is it that Krishna bows down to the feet of Srirada or not? And Krishna came to say, yes! <laughs> That's my favorite moment. The hipadapalava modano. Bas. That's it. So, so there's this famous lila in connection. I mean, I was not planning to say anything of this, but it's your fault for the kirtan you said. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so Krishna is bowing at the feet of Sri and and the and the manjaris and the gopis are there and, and Radha says, Okay, now you decorate my feet. No, oh, she's giving orders to Krishna. In the loving interaction, there is a place for that. Srirad enters into this mood of independent Naika or heroine and Krishna in the mood of Dira Lalita Nayaka, or like subjugated hero is <laughs> serving the Nayaka, the heroine. All these like are like static terms that Rupa Goswami uses in his Vujbal Nilama. So Krishna is given paraphernalia to decorate Radha's feet and to paint with luck. Um, so he receives like a paint brush, you see? Mm-hmm. And, and the luck. So he starts to Try to do something, <laughs> but he becomes so ecstatic mm-hmm. you know, that his hand starts to tremble. So instead of doing a, a relatively, like, like aesthetic design, <laughs> everything becomes like. So they are like. So so the manger is come, the, the intimate service of shiraden, and, and they have this confidence that says, "Say, get out of here!" And they yeah. take the paintbrush. You don't know how to do this. We'll teach you." No? <laughs> so now Krishna is taking lessons, painting lessons from them and from the assistants. Of, so they start to show and look like this, okay? And Krishna is like very submissive, no? learning, taking his lessons. This is God himself as a student.
1: Mm?
0: That's what Chaitanya Charitamrita says, no? Radhikar Prima Guru Amishishyanatha. Krishna says through the pen of Krishna Kaviraj Goswami, Radhikar Prem Guru, the Prem of Sri Radha is my guru, Krishna is saying. I'm Sri and I'm a student in the dancing school of her love. So Sri Radha inaugurated the school of Prem, a school of love. It's a dancing school. Prem makes everything dance. And Krishna says, and I'm a student in that school. He's not the headmaster, I'm a student. Mm-hmm. She's the headmaster. So she's learning the steps, the dancing steps of love from love personified. Sirad. So anyhow, the manjaris are teaching Krishna like this, like this. And Krishna is like taking notes. Okay. Okay. And he's too ecstatic. He's too ecstatic. So eventually he, he is given a second chance. <clears throat> the paintbrush goes back to his hands. He starts to to draw some design but at one point he is like entering so deeply into a meditation of oh no these feet of hers are the goal of my life uh, i'd like to remain eternally as a particle of dust at her lotus feet krishna is feeling oh but i cannot do that krishna says no because i mean for practical purposes i cannot just remain there forever no i have other devotees i have other things to do i would like to remain there so what to do dilemma so Krishna is like in this mo in that moment of how to con- what to do, what to do, what to do. He remembers no. something. He's in the middle of the lila, but he remembers a point of Siddhanta. No. Siddhanta generally is not so overtly in the Lila. In the Lila, Gopis and Gopas are not preaching to each other. No, the scripture says like this, and we should do like that. But Krishna, not Yogamaya makes a regimen for him to. For his omniscience to come to the foreground and remember one quote from Shastra, <laughs> which have some, he say, oh, oh, Krishna, remember, between my name and me, there's no difference. Mm. Mm. So if I'm not different from my name, I'll remain eternally at Sri Radha's lotus feet in the form of my name. So he starts to, to write his own name in the soles of the feet of Srirada. And at the end, Krishna remains eternally. And he concludes, wow, my name is more fortunate than me. Mm-hmm. No? <laughs> I cannot be, the name is there. No? I'm in the form of the name. I'm more fortunate, I'm more powerful. No? So that this is making this important point that we over and over emphasize no the name of krishna is more merciful more fortunate more gracious and and it's coming to us in such a <clears throat> generous disposition by as we said the other day this golden volcano of divine love called Sriman Mahaprabhu and Sriman kananapru as we were reciting a few minutes ago in the in the mangala charan gornitananda they are Sankirtanai Kapitaro. They are the fathers of Sankirtan. Kamalaya Takshubishwambaro Dviaguru Yugadharma Pala. The protectors of Dugadharma. Vandejagat karuna Karunavatar. I worship these two who are the friends of the whole world and the de- descent of divine mercy. Sri so Sri Bonitenanda. Ki Jai. If we are here today, it's as a consequence of all this. So, today I want to share a topic which in one sense may be unrelated to all the things that I said so far but it's never unrelated I mean everything is interconnected with each other and I like to talk a little bit on on one of the different uh, radicals from my radical personalism book. There is a seven-part second part of the book enumerates a different list of things that we are invited to culture in a radical way, going to the very root. And yesterday we talked about radical wholeness in the morning and radical remark. Thank you. Thank you for the remark. <laughs> and radical remark in the evening. You know? So today I'd like to share a few words on one section called radical integrity in connection to uh, our how to deepen our approach of what we call the regulative principles and what are the regulative principles
1: Uh,
0: which in one sense we can also include at least in certain Gaudiya societies this is one one of the main vows that devotees present following regulative principles and chanting the name of Krishna in a certain way <clears throat> a certain number, but in a certain <laughs> and we are talking about the name of Krishna now. So for example, I, I remember that Sila Prabhupada once said if you chant 16 rounds and follow the four regulative principles, you'll go to go up and down in this lifetime. Which is sounds great, it's great. <laughs> But also, I think it's important that we understand what he means by that. At least for me, it's important because I've heard sometimes the boat is telling me, Bob Marash, I'm, I'm chanting my 16 rounds, I'm following my four wrecks. I have my seat mm-hmm. reserved during the lock. I'm almost there. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> because I. I I'm getting to the numbers. I'm reaching the numbers, the 16, the four. But it's an important point that we need to also consider is not only the quantity, but the quality. Mm-hmm. So if Prabhupada is saying 16 rounds, do you think he's referring 16 rounds of Nama Parat? Mm-hmm. I hope you don't conclude that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when the number is given, certain qualities implied there. Because if I chant 16 rounds of Nama Parada, better I chant one round of Nama Parada, not 16. <laughs> so to say, the more I chant, the more Parada I'm committing. That's not that's not taking me to long. So we have to, to, to be able to draw out the implications of the instructions of the chara. So if tells us um, chant 16 rounds, he means 16 rounds of sudhanam. <laughs> Because for him that's the holy name, that's the holy name. <laughs> Namaprad is not the holy name, <laughs> and the same with the regulative principles. And I, I like to con- concentrate a little bit on that today, because sometimes we may feel again, as we say the other day, we are doing those things, or sometimes maybe even worse, we think that the four regulative principles are about not doing some things. <laughs> we may start to conceive of our practice in terms of not doing things. As I said the other day, what do you do in your practice? I don't admit, I don't take into, but what do you do? I don't do this and I don't do that. But your practice shouldn't be about not doing things, <laughs> but about doing things positively. And that positive culture naturally creates you accept, accept what is favorable, and naturally, by Ragya, natural detachment comes from whatever is opposed to that. So, <clears throat> let me read the brief paragraph from my book in connection to this principle of radical integrity. And page 88, I have the PDF here. It's just for if... It says like this. <coughs> <clears throat> Gaudiya concepts like the well-known four regulative principles should be fathomed in their full depth and possibilities, and not merely interpreted and adopted as literally as possible. On top of this, these four principles are not the ultimate litmus test to define one's standing in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, but a set of human virtues that promote an integrated foundation for an authentic culture of divine love. We call this radical integrity. So, <clears throat> the four regulative principles. I have nothing against the four regulative principles, just in case. I'm following them, just in case. <laughs> so this is not a presentation to justify not following them. <laughs> just in case I make that clear. <laughs> but sometimes we overemphasize these this four regulative principles, I would say, to the point that, we think that by just doing that nothing else needs to be done i'm not saying always and every case but sometimes that may happen and regulative principles as we know them are not necessarily connected with something transcendental but have more to do with a series of human virtues to have our humanity in place as i talked this day The, the, the actual principles this these four pillars are, are in the Bhagavatam. You have their Ahimsa, you have Socham, you have Tapas, and you have um, Satim. So truthfulness, austerity, nonviolence, purity. But someone can have all of those and be an atheist on some level, at least. If you, if you understand those four on some level, someone can be non-violent, vegetarian, let's say, vegan, breatharian. (laughs) Uh, Someone can practice celibacy, someone can whatever, so many things. Uh, And not necessarily be interested in transcendence on some level. So my point is just doing that is not warranted that we don't need to do anything else. And also sometimes the overemphasizing of something takes us A, to think by doing that, I don't need to do anything else, or B, if someone does not do that, is to be stigmatized more than he or she should be, so to say. And that takes us to overlook some other even more delicate faults that we may incur, but which are invisible, <laughs> like mb hypocrisy, uh, so many things that are not gross, are very subtle, <laughs> nobody sees them, but are worse in one sense than, in my opinion, than, I don't know, drinking coffee or, <laughs> or whatever. No? And again, with this I'm not promoting the other thing, I'm just saying there are degrees of things. I remember once one devotee went to Srila Bacteria that Swami Maharaj, and he had been having some problems with one of the four wrecks. Mm-hmm. In this case, he was uh, having problems with smoking ganja,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he was really sad about that. He was really suffering you know, because he didn't want to do that, but somehow he was doing that. <laughs> so he came to Tulasiddhar Maharaj with a, with a heavy heart uh, and feeling the point is he was feeling i cannot be a devotee because i am not following all the four wrecks perfectly there's no place for me in this in this practice you follow my point so so the overemphasis of this is what a devotee means takes you to think if i cannot do this then i cannot be a devotee so he was losing hope in in, in being in the in the, in the possibility of being a vaishnava so he went with that heavy heart to sri lasita maharaj and trying to sincerely confess, so to say, I'm having this problem. Revealing his mind to, to a Sadhu. <clears throat> and somehow, due to his own idea on the situation, he already had idealized what will happen. What will be Selesi Maras reaction? He, will, he thought, okay, he will reject me completely. He will kick me out of the math. He will tell me, there's no place for you in Krishna consciousness become a Christian, become a Muslim, do something about it, but not here. No? <laughs> no. You cannot be a devotee by doing that. So he came with that and presented the case and said, Guru Maharaj, I'm having this problem. I'm still smoking marijuana. marijuana, and I know I shouldn't. I know I'm breaking one of the four regs, but I don't know. It's it's getting difficult. <laughs> some, some scars are there, whatever. I want to stop, but I need help, but I can't. and I feel I cannot be devoted, so. And so let's say, oh, smoking marijuana, well, oh, that's not a big thing, he said. Vaishnava no. apparatus is much worse, mm-hmm. no? So, So you continue chanting, continue associating, and gradually that will go away. Mm-hmm. That was his reply, mm-hmm. totally relaxed. <laughs> and again, with this, he was not doing, an a, like, promoting continue doing the thing. But just he, he also I imagine he could felt this this guy is about to leave the whole thing altogether. <laughs> and he needs support, he needs affection, he needs hope. Uh, and also he needs to understand you no know, smoking marijuana is nothing in comparison to the power of the holy name, to give an example. Because sometimes we end up giving more power to our anartas than to the mercy of Mahaprabhu and the Prabhu. That's a way of also being self-centered. Like I have this problem and I'm like this and I have this anarta and we make it like omnipotent. We make it so big, so big, so big. that we lose sight of the power of the mercy of Guru, Bhaisnav, Mahaprabhu. And and we think, no, my anartas are more powerful than God's grace. It's like, no, they are not. As I like to say, if you put all your anartas together in one, condensed snowball (laughs) on one side of the scale and you put Mahaprabhu's grace on the other side of the scale who do you think will will win the competition hopefully you don't conclude mayanartas are more powerful than bhagavan no those those, those are a joke (laughs) if you are humble and you remain open to the grace and the power of the of the mercy that is coming all those anartas will be gone in time, eventually. We have to have that trust. We have to have that hope. If not, from which place we will be practicing. Just thinking, I have to overcome all this by my own effort, (laughs) alone. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, sometimes we can follow strictly all the regs in another case, but we can be failing in something more fundamental, like Vaishnava. There's this other famous story, from one devotee, this is in connection to Srila Bhakti Pramod Puri Maharaj, another god brother of Srila Prabhupada. And once one devotee, he was a Western devotee, but he was mistreating devotees at one point. So Srila Puri Maharaj knew about this and he was very much cautious about Vaishnava Purad, very much respectful of everyone, and he called this devotee and told him you joined krishna consciousness before that you were eating meat that was not good now you stopped eating meat that is good but now i heard that you're mistreating Vaishnavas. so now you are eating the meat of the Vaishnavas. i would prefer that you go back and eat meat instead of doing what you are doing like making the point okay you are a vegetarian great (laughs) but if on top of that you engage in Vaisnavaparata continuously that's worse no so in one sense you were before meeting the devotees you, you had your problems <laughs> now you met your the devotees you solve those problems but you can engage in bigger problems also that can happen Silla Vishwanachakavaritakul describes in Madhurya Kadambini four types of anartas. one of those is called Bhaktiuta Anartha which means anarthas coming from bhakti. Not because bhakti brings artist, but bhakti can create situations, like, let's give an example. You engage in bhakti. Before engaging in bhakti, you were struggling with whatever, ganja. To give an example, you come to bhakti, and in, your, in this case, you are not still struggling with ganja. You can overcome that. Okay, so that's a sign. But now you start to get educated, you receive knowledge, you receive acknowledgement, you receive followers, you receive praise, you receive position, and you start to get addicted to all of that. You didn't have that before meeting the devotees. Now you have it and you got attached to that. You have a new Anartha coming from Bhakti. Not that Bhakti gave it. Bhakti gave that byproduct of knowledge, but you got in a wrong way attached to that. You have a new Anartha that you didn't have before, which may be more difficult than the Ganja you overcome in the <laughs> You follow my point? So we have to be cautious and humble. We shouldn't have like, like, how to say, an arrogant certainty. Like, now I'm really devoted, so I don't have more Anartha. I don't have anything to... Con-. No, no, we have to be very very honest, very refined. Hmm. So I was saying this point, no, that in connection to... To the four the principle sometimes overemphasizing that can take to a become like develop this certainty, excessive certainty that I'm already doing that, so I'm saved, I don't need to do anything else, I just will hang out for the rest of this lifetime till I have to give my last breath and straight to good <laughs> Or if someone is for some reason struggling with that oh he has fallen down i don't like that expression personally and i get the point that we can use expression but sometimes we use expressions that were said in certain way and in time they a lot of implications gets got added to those expressions that were not originally like i said yesterday apparatus sometimes we say oh he's an apparati and for many nowadays it's like that's a heavy label. No? Apparatus. <laughs> no? Like a branding. <laughs> like a tattoo, apparatus. No escape from that label in this lifetime. Sorry. <laughs> but technically speaking, in one sense, probably we are all apparatus. No. The scriptures say if you chant the name and your your heart is not melting and you are not rolling on the ground in ecstasy, that's a probably because of an apparatus. So Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or the idea of falling down. And so he fell down. And it's like, I said, well, like I remember once when the boat told me I like that. He said, some, sometimes the to say, I fell down. But I will say, sometimes I stand up. Because I, I'm always falling down. But not falling down because I'm breaking the wrecks. i just, I'm fallen. I'm patita. Oh, Bhagavan is patita pavana.'" <laughs> To be fallen doesn't only mean to break the four regulative (laughs) principles. To be fallen means to be in need of of mercy. To be fallen means to still have conditioning, to still have doubts, to still go to so many things that probably we still go through. So I think we have to normalize our fallen condition in that sense. Not to remain there, (laughs) but also not to very easily think when we say he has fallen down, basically I imply I have not fallen down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you have not broken that regulative principle, which doesn't mean we are not falling in so many other ways. So,
1: <clears throat>
0: yeah, for me, falling down will be you are leaving the path altogether, you are becoming offensive, you are becoming opposite to everything. But to lose one battle, <laughs> I won't consider that falling down. Because sometimes, again, the idea of falling down has this, like, sense of permanence. He fell down. But what if the person stands up and continues? No? You lose one battle of many. Still, you have so many battles to go. If you continue to strive humbly, as we say the other day, mm-hmm. yesterday we quoted that verse, where Krishna defines who is a sadhu. Sadhu is someone who, even if it's still he or she be, behaves terribly bad, <laughs> falling down, he's sincere about that and wants to worship me with all his, her heart. For me, that person is Sadhu. Sadhu, ri Samam tabia. So... <clears throat> Also regarding the four regulative principles, of course, and regarding what I quoted from Prabhupada in the beginning, if you do that, you'd reach Golok. Again, this implies to do it in a certain way. And I'm sure Prabhupada does not only want you to chant 16 rounds and follow four regulative principles. He wants also you to study Shastra, to serve the Vaishnavas, to do so many other things. (laughs) In such a way that you develop a very specific desire to serve Radhan and Krishna in a certain way in Golok. And that gives rise to your spiritual identity. And only in that case, you are you are there. If, if I'm just chanting 16 rounds from the four words without failing, but I have no clue what's my affinity, what's my, how I would like to offer myself in service, it's not that I will leave my body without having a clue about that. And suddenly I'm in Vrindavan and they welcome me and say, okay, you are in department number 108. You have been assigned uh, uh, Sakya Rasa. So you, okay, uh, over there, okay. It doesn't work like that. If you study Shastra, it doesn't work like that. If you study the stages of Bhakti from Shraddha to Prem, at one point of your practice, Nishta, Shruchi, Sakti, Bhava, Prem, the service disposition you will offer to Krishna eternity will become more and more clear and manifest, and naturally you are there. Even in this body, you are already <laughs> inhabiting your spiritual body at a certain point. So I think it's important because it does make sense. Like I have no clue how I want to serve Krishna, but I will go to a lock and the life then. No, no, we have to. If we are chanting 16 rounds of Sudhanam, Srinam will reveal all that. <laughs> and I will have that idea. So that's an important thing. It's not just like a mechanical formula. Like give me the... I have the right numbers, four regs, 16 rounds. Okay, equals. We'll of this luck. <laughs> Krishna is forced to give me that. It doesn't work like that. It's not even on my own merit. It's not a meritocracy. It's only depending on my effort. It's depending my effort and his grace. And as he mentioned in the same way that we, we should think of chanting the name in terms of quality, not only in terms of the number. Remember just in case, first thing Prabhupada say was chant 64 rounds. (laughs) Then he adjusted to 16. (laughs) So also we, we should be careful not to become overly attached to a number. And in some cases, I know, for example, just to keep, to understand how, how flexible and sensitive Prabhupada was. Now, this other famous story, there was a disciple of his, She was he just had a baby like two weeks before, and she was suffering a lot. Mm. Not because of having a problem with Gansha in this case, <laughs> like the other devotee, but because she was not able to chant her 16 daily rounds. And she was really getting depressed. So she was even chanting less, the more depressed she got. <laughs> so this news came to Prabhupada, so Prabhupada asked her like, what's going on? Why, why you are so sad? Because I, I cannot finish my sixteen rounds. A Prabhupada immediately replied, but you had a baby, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes. Okay. So he's your rounds, mm-hmm. he said. That was his reply. That's what we call common sense. (laughs) Remember that that word? (laughs) It's it's on the verge of extinction. (laughs) We have to protect that species. (laughs) It's called common sense. I call it uncommon sense. It's not so common anymore. Uncommon common sense. We have Guru Shastra Sadhu. Please add to that triad, triad, common sense. Because if you don't have we don't have common sense, we can create a cult, we can create madness, we can create neurosis, we can get depressed, dysfunctional, even quoting Guru Shastran Sadhu out of context without common sense. <coughs> so common sense. You had a baby, of course, you don't have time for chanting. The important thing is you want to chant them, even if you can't finish them, chant as much as you can, but you, you cannot neglect those. Youth. He's your rounds now. That's, that's common sense. <laughs> and we have to develop, as we say these days, Prabhupada wants each of us to develop our own common sense, our own sense of common sense, practical according to the necessity of the situation, developing this intuition to know how to deal with situations in a flexible way. So in the same way, as we are trying to understand the chanting of the name in terms of also quality and adjusting how to approach that practice depending on the circumstance, should be approached in, the, in, in a deeper way. You know? as, I, as I mentioned in my book, don't, let's not limit the four regs to not doing something. To give the example that I gave in my book, no meat eating. No, no, that's not the that's not the regulative principle. That's an aspect of, of that regulative principle. The actual regulative principle is uh, be vegetarian. Or even, let's go further, ahimsa, nonviolence. Nonviolence means nonviolence not only related to my diet. Because I can be vegetarian, I can be vegan, and I can be hyper violent. With those who are not vegetarian, (laughs) you follow. So so nonviolence in my diet is is like like an aspect that represents a wider principle of nonviolence in every aspect of my life. Ahimsa means that. Ahimsa is not limited to my plate, but to my day, my life. And actually, in one sense, even ahimsa is not the principle because still ahimsa is a negative way of saying it. I'm non-violent. What will be the positive virtue in that connection?
2: Caring, compassionate.
0: No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Merciful, caring, compassionate, loving.
3: sharing mm-hmm.
0: Christian so on. Uh, mm-hmm. So the actual principle is not so much be non-violent, but be kind, loving, merciful, compassionate. And not only even that, but be as loving, as unkind as you can. Because you can also be like, okay, I'm being loving. <laughs> but can you be more loving? Yes. Okay. So that's the actual regulative principle. So now try to see the difference from no meat eating to be as kind and as loving as you can. There is a little, uh, some difference there. <laughs> no. The principle is not... No gambling. It's not just avoid going to the Kati Kati casino or something. <laughs> <no>? <laughs> Probably you don't have a casino here, whatever the case. No? <laughs> I remember I say that in Mayapur and I say, don't go to the... My... Marsh, we don't have a casino. You are talking about casino. You, you are tempting us to, to make a casino. No, no, no. No, no casino. Okay. <laughs> but the actual principle is satyam. Which is truthfulness. And it's not just truthfulness, be as be as truthful as you can. That's not the same as not go, don't gamble. That's just one aspect. It's kind of using one example to represent the whole thing. In Sanskrit, that this is used very many times. Like to represent one thing, we speak about one aspect of something that is way bigger than that. So but so we should understand that so we don't limit that to that single aspect. Because you know, we'll say, no, I'm not going to the casino, but I'm not being honest in so many ways. I'm being duplicitous, hypocrite, and I'm breaking the regulative principle, technically speaking. Again, if I'm not being kind and loving, I'm breaking that regulative principle of ahimsa, so to say, or the principle of intoxication. It's not so much about do not take drugs, Again, I'm not promoting that stuff. I clarify once <laughs> But it's... Tapasya is the principle. And tapasya also has to do like... Do not engage in escapism. Intoxication actually has to do with escapism. Like not being willing to confront reality as it is. Prabhupada like this term, as it is. Not only the Bhagavad Gita should be as it is. <laughs> Everything should be as it is. <laughs> So we should be willing to confront life as it is, not to engage in escapism. Escapism can be taking substances or so many other things that we will do with the same intention. Social media can be escapism. You can become totally addicted to that. I will talk about that in a few minutes. That will be the fifth regulative principle. (laughs) (laughs) And we have to understand the essence of that so we can... Extend the application of these ideas to other things that may start to come in the way in modern society and that may get in affecting our practice. So as you can see, these ideas that I'm trying to share are not so much are not a watering down of the four regulative principles, but on the contrary, I'm making it more difficult. (laughs) But at the same time, hopefully more more realistic, I mean, to to, to widen our understanding of what does it mean to follow the four regulative principles, to be as loving as I can, as merciful as I can, as less escapist as I can, as truthful as I can, as pure as I can, you know, all all these virtues. And there is no limit to how much we can develop these virtues. So we should be very careful not to be conclusive about... uh, I'm already following the four regulative principles because that will mean I'm being as, as loving and caring as I can, I'm being as truthful as I can, and you are not given space to grow in that. Mm-hmm. So probably next time if someone asks you, you can say I'm I'm trying my best. <laughs> Of course everyone may think oh what, what does it mean you are smoking you are going to the casino
2: <laughs>
0: so then you have to give them the link of this class and they will understand what you are talking <laughs> uh, anyhow <laughs> And on top of that I also like to think apart from trying to deep our deepen our understanding of the four regulatory principles as we are doing we can invoke on top of these four regulative principles, which in one sense still, as I say, had to do with being human. And as I say to these days, is very important. We have another set of four regulative principles given by Mahaprabhu. And these are connected to our practice of bhakti, our chanting of the name. And this comes in the third verse of Sikshastakam. So we have four uh, other, other set of four pillars. Sainichina, Amanina, Manadena. So those are our devotional four regulative principles, so to say, in complement to the other four regulative principles: you know, the humility, the tolerance, the respect, the unassertiveness. That that we should express, kirtanīya Sadahari, enchanting the name. And enchanting the name doesn't mean just, oh, when I will, when I chant my job, I will be very humble. Uh, it's you in your room chanting. You have no challenge. No, it's easy to be humble there. I will be very tolerant. You have your couch, you have your incense, everything is paka. More tolerant than a tree.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the real test starts when you wake up from your asana. You open your door and your wife is waiting on the other side of the room. Your husband is waiting with a laundry list of stuff to do and some things okay. that radical remarks, <laughs> as we <laughs> say yesterday. And that's <laughs> in our relationships, you no, know, and how we deal. That, that's when we are thrown into the fire of how much we actually want to embrace these principles. You no, know? Because if not, we can develop our unrealistic, idealized idea of oh, I'm, I'm super humble and tolerant and respectful, and but I'm just in my bubble and I'm not relating to anyone. So we need to to expose ourselves to healthy interactions and, and see where we are. You know? Since your devotee wants to, to know where, where I am, See, I don't want to cheat myself thinking that I am this situation, in this stage, while actually in somewhere else. I want to be put to test so I know where I am. Even if it's embarrassing to realize where I am, at least I know where I am. At least I'm not cheating myself. I'm from that real place of where I am, I can progress to where I would like to be. That, that's how I personally <clears throat> interpret this famous verse of Kunti Devi. That Vipadam, um, Tatra, Tatra, Jagat, and so on. She's asking for Krishna, apparently, for more and more problems. It's not that she's masochist or anything like that. But I, I, I like to think it, she's asking Krishna send me tests. Send me situations where I will be put to test. So I will see where I actually stand. And I can pray for your mercy in a more realistic way, in a more honest way, from where I am, actually, not from where I think. So I think if we are honest, it's it's nice to be willing for that, even to pray for that. Krishna send me situations to my life that will show you, show me where I am. I don't want to cheat myself thinking I am in a place I'm not, that have attained something I'm not. I want to see where I am. From that I can progress honestly, realistically to my
1: goal.
0: So those four regulative principles are important and I was talking about Sahisranas, Anishinana, and so on. That's, to talk about that third verse requires a separate visit to New Zealand, a <laughs> minimum, <laughs> a little bit more than that. But there is so much in this third verse. You know, that we, In one sense, this third verse of means is, is more important than the Maha Mantra. And what do I mean by this? Because that verse is giving us the spirit to engage in chanting. You don't have the proper attitude, the chanting won't bear fruit. Krishna Das Swami says in Chaitanya Charitamrita, you can chant the name for millions of lifetimes and don't achieve Prem. Still, don't, do not attain divine love. Just to make the contrast with Prabhupada saying, in this lifetime you achieve you attain that, what did he mean by that? So Krishna Das will say, if you chant the name without following the third verse of Sikshastaka, you can go lifetime after lifetime and the goal is not coming because it's about chanting with a certain mood, with a certain attitude. And again, it's not only about the chanting, but how can I I, I lead my lifestyle? It's not that I chant again, Krishna humble and open the door, leave my japa mal and I'm like the opposite of that to everyone else. So to align, to be aligned more and more with our thoughts, with our words, with our acts. So many times we hear this. Tano mano words, uh, body, and mind in service. In the beginning, those three are a little bit like out of sync. No. We think something, we say something else, we do something else. <laughs> we think we don't say what we think. and We don't do what we say. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. We still may be a personified contradiction. <laughs> Again, it's okay. You know, it's not to feel embarrassed. It's part of the messiness of being a sadaka. I'm being on the. As one friend of mine said, the beauty and messiness mm-hmm. of the sadaka's life. <laughs> not to remain there forever, but also to okay. That that's part of the process. But gradually, that's the idea. What I'm thinking, I'm saying. What I'm saying, I'm doing. Alignment. Mm -hmm. So gradually, gradually reaching to that point. A few more words, and I'm concluding, if if you allow me. And this, again, requires a separate lecture, but I I just want to say something regarding this fifth regulative principle that I mentioned before. Going back to the original four, there's this fifth one in relation to what to do with with social media what to do with the internet what to do i mean I, i'm not against that i have my my social media you know about that we are friends in facebook now <laughs> <laughs> no, i have a new friends mm-hmm. facebook from a few days ago so i'm not against that but we can be breaking all the other four regulatory principles in social media and nobody will know because it's all with, in our cell phone, between me and my cell phone, between me and my pocket. <laughs> That's even more tricky because all that is happening in, in my pocket, so to say, and nobody knows. I mean, nobody knows. Krishna is in my heart. <laughs> the most important person knows. <laughs> so, so we we can we can break all these principles in many more ways that we may have thought about decades ago. Decades ago, there was no something something called social media. I remember when I tell the Buddhist that when I joined the ashram, I was 1999, there was no social media. And they look at me like, I like just an alien landing from Mars or something, or coming from Treta Yuga. No internet? How could you survive? <laughs> I still wonder how we still survive <laughs> with all the madness going on there. <laughs> so, so we can, yeah, we can be. I mean, let me give you a few examples of that. Again, one of the principles was be as kind, as loving as you can, be nonviolent. You can be so violent in social media. You can, I, I've seen some, some threats that are like, as I we said, we say yesterday, we have our own online inquisition and crusades no (laughs) we don't have crusades as christian Christian christianity had but we have our own crusades and inquisition the online threats and mistreating each other and blaspheming and criticizing and like that's violent that goes against you are breaking the wrecks in that moment, (laughs) or i don't know intoxication i mean you can become addicted to social media you can become addicted to to these dopamine peaks that you have with the how many likes I receive per day, how, how, much, how much validation the world gives to my latest post. No? It's an addiction, it's like a substance. I mean, you take certain intoxicants and that creates certain chemical effect in your brain, which is exactly the same thing that happens with social media. So how much you can make a difference? You know, if someone says, okay, I don't know, I'm, that person is snorting cocaine and That creates this peak in her in his brain, and basically sim, the similar chemical effect happens with certain degree of social media addiction. So, how much you can make a difference between the two if the in the if the intoxication effect is basically the same, but sometimes we stigmatize one thing and we normalize the other, so to mm-hmm. say. And again, this is something new. This was not in in the Bhagavatam, because there was no social media at the time. But we need to sort out how we how we deal with that. Because again, we can be breaking all the wrecks without nobody knowing that. There's one comic I once saw that the guru was initiating the disciple and saying, okay, what do you promise for initiation? On the first say, like, before wrecks, and then the guru says, "And know Facebook. Undisciple is like freaking out. Like, <laughs> like, I'm leaving my guru right now. <laughs> so, yeah, or I don't know. Other, one, other of the principle is again truthfulness, satyam. But many of us may end up using social media to to give a false image of ourselves to the world, an unreal image. You know, even with all. Even on aesthetic level, with all the other day, someone gave me a phone. I never had a cell phone in my life. And and someone gave me a phone in India a few months ago to have hotspot for my computer because if not, I will be like basically out of touch with everyone. <laughs> so it was first time I had a phone. It was strange. <laughs> I can't must tell. I was intimidated. Mm-hmm. And at one point, it I was okay. I will take a few pictures of the place I'm visiting. And so I was kind of, inspecting like the the picture. I mean, it felt like I was a dinosaur, no? like like movie like this and and there was this picture and I took a picture and I saw these options and I said, what's that? No? And I started to go to these filters that that, that you can transform basically everything, no? that you can like make yourself a little thinner or <laughs> uh, whatever <laughs> and, um, and clean these. Uh, and I was like, what, "What's this? What's going on?" But for some people, that's daily. That's a daily affair. No, it's one one selfie per day, and then three hours of production, so to say, <laughs> and showing myself to the world as I am not. But trying to sell that picture, to, that image, to everyone and convince them that I am that picture. That's not truthful you are breaking the foreg- the regulated principle of truthfulness by so through social media <laughs> that's worse than going to the casino <laughs> you follow my point mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm saying this so we develop more like capacity to detect those things even outside of the normal ways we used to think how you break the principle how you follow the principle mm-hmm. so and what to speak of of course of the Beyond the, the principles, the, the alienation that sometimes these technologies create. Again, I'm not against I'm having my laptop in front of me, I'm streaming live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are trying to engage in Yukta Baragia, but also technology as everything, technology is an aspect of material energy, a very subtle, <laughs> refined expression of material energy. And we have to with like with any other aspect of material energy, we have to approach it respectfully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With respect, no, not with familiarity. Like uh, this one affect me. It's okay. I, I know how to deal with that. No? We have to be very careful and respectful to not end up being entangled with that. No? Uh, because if not, yeah, we can become very easily distracted, addicted. No? And if you don't believe me, you try not to use it for one day. <laughs> i know it sounds a lot one day one day or a week <laughs> and see what comes no cold turkey what mm-hmm. will come well, like but as i like like i did in podcast with nam rasa last year on this topic actually the fifth regulatory principle we call it to on social media and we were joking like Well, better you don't get too much attached to social media because there is no internet in (laughs) Golagvindana. So if you want to go there, just for you to know, there is no Instagram, no Facebook, no TikTok, (laughs) no YouTube. So better you, okay, you are using it, but you are ready to let it go when when the moment comes because you don't find that there. There's another technology there called divine love. (laughs) That's the ultimate technology. Hmm. Uh, and, and as I like to say, we have to live our life in such a way now that it's a sustainable lifestyle in eternity. So I have to live my life in such a way now here that when I invite it to eternity, I'm okay. It's not so different, so to say. And if I have to let go of a few things, okay, but it has to be relatively aligned to that. If my life in here is like this and my life in eternity goes there, <laughs> That will be a little bit more difficult. So we have to try to, we have to be satisfied with the lifestyle, as I say, that this is so plausible that will continue for eternity. <laughs> that's the point. So natural, so organic. So anyhow, that's another conversation. But I wanted just to add a few reflections and on, on the idea of this fifth regulatory principle. Somehow or other, we have to figure out how we we learn to interact with with this realm of material existence. So we yeah, we we don't see our integrity compromised and our relationships remain deep and personal. I'm all for radical personalism. Sometimes technology doesn't facilitate that. No, it becomes makes us like handicapped to be able to have face-to-face conversations many times. Because we we for, forgot what it means to have 3D open you vulnerable human connection so we have to to balance it you know? to know how to use everything in Krishna's service but to be very honest about when that stops being in Krishna's service and becomes something else because we all, all we can always say oh it's in Krishna service Maras Yukta Varagya Krishna service <laughs> okay but you have to be introspective and see is that really happening always or sometimes it's just Something else happening. So I leave it to you and to me as well. Each of us have to do our own Swadihaya, our own self study. But a few words today about this concept of radical integrity and how we can deepen our understanding, not only of the four regulative principles as we talk, not only about the fifth regulative principle, but even about chanting of the name and our practice and our life in, in general. So I'll stop here. And Trivikram will start here.
3: He <laughs> raised his hand. Well, yeah, of if of you time. have questions
0: or comments, please.
3: I was just thinking that on that last point, how much, for me at least, it highlights the, the profound significance of Prabhupada's aspiration to create self supporting communities. Because if you want to go, go out alone on your own in this secular world we live in Mm. I've made every provision to only be able to live like that Mm -hmm. you've got your independence you've got your phone, you can do your banking and you can have all your entertainment all there independent of anyone else, but there's like you say you become debilitated in that capacity to going Mm -hmm. one on one anymore Mm -hmm. and there's all related aspects of that that basically make mean that we've regressed so far that even our fu- basic functionality is not so simply achievable and um, more of the old style of approach. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, I'm just, just kind of expressing how I can see the significance of, of a self-supporting community because it just, you know, it has more components that are going to by chance enable us to be able to you know live in a integrated way with with other other people in a much more grounded and real way Mm -hmm. yeah
0: my reply to that is yes (laughs) (laughs) that was my shortest answer ever to (laughs) you said it all so i don't need to add anything
3: yeah thank you I agree. Not so simple to do, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. But worthy of trying. <laughs>
3: well, especially in light of your comments on, you know, where this other technology leads us.
1: And mm-hmm.
3: just really gives you more of a wake-up as there's probably more yeah.
1: of a yeah.
3: relevance than we, we actually believe there is. And so, mm. therefore, it's probably worthy of yeah. more, more attention and yeah. more, more effort.
0: Yeah, you so have to be aware of, because let's be honest, I mean, those who create all these social media platforms are not created then with the intention of you attaining enlightenment. Mm-hmm. No? So it's not coming from a well-wishing, no, loving place. So at least you have to be aware, this is designed for certain purpose. And I'm here trying to use it for another purpose. Mm-hmm. But as long as I forget what's the original purpose, it's easier to fall into the original purpose for what for what the thing was created and not realize it. So it's it's always important to keep that awareness and keep that healthy detachment. Detachment in the sense of not stopping using something, but having taking enough distance from that to see it for what it is. That's that's for me detachment. Detachment doesn't mean I stop looking at you but it's i think take enough like my hand i give the example my hand in my eye this too close i cannot see it so i need some detachment some distance now i can see what's the hand about so the distance is to appreciate everything for what it is if we are too engrossed in something we lost sight of what's that actually about So with technology that happens, we become completely like entangled. We lost sight of what's what's actually going on. And as you mentioned, we may think, oh, I'm so independent. I'm getting everything so easily, so accessible. But we are losing so many forms of independence in other ways. So many of our main faculties of relationship, communication, attention, span, memory, that's another chapter altogether. And again, I don't want to sound like apocalyptic, like, oh, Maraj, come on. No. <laughs> don't be angry with me by saying that, the younger <laughs> generations. But but I think it's important that we, we, yeah, we remain engaged with that, with consciousness, with awareness. Now, I'm not saying do not do that, but I, I've recently read a few books on that. And of course, they're scary, they speak about the what internet is doing to your brain, basically. <laughs> it's one called the shallows. It literally is called the shallows, what the internet is doing to your brain. And, and again, it's scary in the sense of it's doing a few things. You know? If you really are not aware and you're engaging with that without discrimination and discernment, so after reading that, probably it's not that you will stop using everything, but you will be more like, okay, I have to be more awakened to this situation because I, there's another one called digital minimalism. That's also interesting. Uh, on it, it gives food for thought about this because if not, we just take the product and consume it without giving a second thought and, and, and we become puppets basically of a lot of things that we we don't know that are going on no? so we don't want to lose our what's the word that i yesterday say that I, I don't know how to pronounce it sovereignty yeah okay no so we have to keep that <laughs> i'm totally sure if Prabhupada will be here he will speak so much about this topic <laughs> because he will probably add it to the four regulatory principles literally no let's put a fifth because this is a problem no I mean, and I'm not going to many of the avenues that happen with with these things. No, pornography. That's a huge problem. That happens for most people. I mean, I was in India now. Again, that's a separate talk. I was in India. One devotee who lives there told "Maras, you know what? Ninety percent of Indian adult population consumes pornography. Ninety percent, which basically means almost one hundred mm-hmm. percent. One third of that ninety percent." Our woman. No. I was like, well, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, again, because well, you have everything in your pocket. It's just ting, ting, ting. Everything exactly. Nobody knows, so it creates this false sense of independence. Mm-hmm. No, false sense. If I can do it, I can control. Nobody knows. We are so weak in, in those situations. We don't have like many times like the integrity. To no, I won't do that. No. <laughs> So hey, we need to be educated and aware and, and cautioned and know how to how to engage with these things that are more and more subtle. You know? Now it's in the pocket, eventually it may be just in a cheap year. <laughs> uh, in a few years. I mean, it's not even like 300, three, three centuries. It's already that's already going. And I'm not talking about AI here now. That's another conversation altogether. <laughs> Artificial intelligence. And, Those things we should be talking about. We should be talking about Krishna Lila and Vrindavan. That's beautiful. (laughs) But also we should be talking about some of the challenges that the world is facing because we we are there on some level. If we want to remain relevant to the people we are facing, we have to address situations that are relevant for the world. And if not, they will see us like, what are you talking about? You can't Like a dysfunctional evasive message without dealing with real issues in terms of i don't know even ecological issues and so many things know that we need to include in our narrative if we want to approach the world and be seen as grounded people so to say
2: <laughs> yeah all right. The regular principles, are they something that we should take to the world? I mean, if we want the world to take to bhakti. Mm-hmm.
0: What, what did you What you say at the beginning? The,
3: mm-hmm. the, the four that, regular principles? Yes, the four regular principles. Uh-huh. How applicable are they? In all cases,
2: I mean, my understanding was that Prabhupada initially wanted to create a Brahminical head. Mm-hmm. So the, the regular principles, the four regular principles are very applicable. Mm-hmm. But for the rest of the world, mm-hmm how much emphasis should there be on these regular principles
0: what i will say is my opinion of course i'm not here saying how everything should do things and of course i'm not against the regulatory principles again but i will say that maybe it's it's not the best to start with that (laughs) but to basically present bhakti the positive side of bhakti And like, like, like make the thing more inviting to people to begin with. Again, not to tell if you still eat meat. Sorry, you cannot join. You cannot come. But come here, here to Harikata chant the holy name, experience and experience the. No, get to know our philosophy. Have friendly relationships with the devotees, and of course, we have to offer that. And I will say, eventually, the other things will fall into place. I'm not saying take that out of your presentation, but know when to introduce that. If, you, if someone comes from the first day and, okay, we, are, we do this, one, two, three, four. Would you like to follow? <laughs> That's what it takes to be a devotee. And the person is like, Shh, huh? Would you, I have to go to the bathroom. Huh? And you hear the car. Shh. <laughs> so yeah for some people that may be scary you know mm-hmm. especially if you if we don't know how to present them okay? if, if it's like too much like in your face kind of presentation mm-hmm. i I will say that even what we are talking here today at least for me even if it it's more challenging the understanding of the four pr- principles as I'm trying to present them may help for people to to understand them in a, in a, in a wider way, like hey, we we follow these virtues in life, you not know, truthfulness and love and care. And because we want to be loving and caring, one aspect of that is this. But it's not you start with no meat eating, but it's love and care. Doesn't make sense? I hope everyone will say yeah, that, that's it makes sense. If you say no meat eating doesn't make sense, many will say no, that makes sense. <laughs> I continue it. But if you try to emphasize love and care, and not only emphasize from the mouth out, but you are being loving and caring with that person. Because it's not just about love and care, but show love and care in motion. So the person will experience, wow, the person loves me and cares for me. So he's walking his talk, her talk, and that will inspire the person to embrace that naturally. Instead of Stop it meat. <laughs> if not, you are wrong. You cannot be devoted. Well, you don't have enough Sukriti. Sorry. <laughs> so I, I will try to emphasize more, yeah, this, this type of things to begin with. You know? and, and again, not only in our discourse, but in our embodiment, you know, embodying truthfulness, embodying love and care, embodying all this stuff. That will have such an impact that whatever... Eventually, comes will will make more sense. No? And even if someone cannot follow something for some reason, I, I, I will be personally. And again, this is my personal opinion. I know people will disagree. That's life happens. <laughs> but even if someone is not able to follow some of the principle, I will encourage that person to continue practicing as much as they can trusting trusting bhakti <laughs> that's for me more important trusting the the power of the name if the person is sincere continue practicing no problem <laughs> and i know in different godia societies there are different emphases. no like proper established the four regulative principles but for example in other godia societies just to give a little bit of a broader perspective almost in none of them they request that for initiation it's not that they are not following that <laughs> but that's not like a requisite although it is assumed that they are doing that but there may be cases that they are not i don't know i'm not i have not done a detailed research but just also to to have another perspective of things no and the principle there will be you want to serve krishna you want to chant you want to commit yourself even if something is still there, unsolved, it will be solved in time by the power of, of, of the name and so on. So there are different approaches. That's my point. You know? I don't want to sound like this is the only way. So to say, I, I'm not a this is the only way person. Because <laughs> there are many ways. You know? There are different ways to to practice bhakti. There are different ways to attain perfection. Hmm. That's my opinion again. I own my words. We may agree, we may disagree, no problem, but yeah. Something else? <clears throat> yes. Thank you very much
2: for your sure class, Um I was uh, you were saying that um Speaking about uh, how we want to, we can always be more, more, more loving. We can be more um, compassionate, um, more accepting of others. And if someone is struggling, then we want to try and encourage them. We don't want to um, uh, have them turn away from Bhakti because they're feeling they're not accepted. So um just wondering how to, because uh, uh, we also understand that sometimes there's a saying that, um, uh, uh, you know, our real friends will tell us the truth, you know, they won't just tell us what we want to hear. So um, I'm just wondering, like, could you say a little bit something about this kind of now Mm. Mm.
0: yeah thank you Yeah, somehow yesterday we talked a little bit about that in the the evening when we talk on radical remark we talk about the point of how a real friend will tell us whatever we need i heard one quote i think it's from oscar wilde he says like a real friend will stab you from the front (laughs) (laughs)
3: Something like that. Step step,
0: step, 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 sir. Step you from the front, never from the back. Mm-hmm. No? And like implying, okay, they will tell you what you need to hear, even if it feels like, ooh, thank you. <laughs> so, mm. so yeah, I agree with the, the, how I appreciate the question. The two things have to be balanced. And, and in one sense, the two things are non different at the same time, no? because we are talking about being loving, being care, caring for others. I'm being uh, confrontative in a loving way. Confrontation is not a bad word. No? Confront means something is put in front of me. That's it. It's not that I'm looking for a fight or something. It's like I'm showing something that maybe I don't want to see and a real friend will say, look. <sighs> no.
2: Conf- in the, in yeah. the name of being compassionate loving, you may not be...
0: Being truthful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the opposite, no? Yeah. In, the, in the name of being truthful, <laughs> we are not being compassionate. Yeah. Right. Because I will show you the truth. No. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and you are totally traumatized. But it was true. You have to accept the truth. Yeah. But the person, each one also has capacity to digest things. No. So we may need some installments, no? Of that. It's not like everything right now. because. I mean everyone gets discouraged if I immediately told you the truth is this and the highest way of being a vote is this. None of you are doing that. That's the truth. I don't think you will be like, Jai, thank you, Maharaj. <laughs> <laughs> <Go, ribo. laughs> so there is a way, as you mentioned, of the two things can can be used in the for the wrong direction. Or to be compassionate we, may, we may be like condescending, you say in English? Mm-hmm. No, like. <laughs> Oh, poor no, no problem. Continue. It's okay. <laughs> no, and you may even like promote like a victim consciousness, not to make that the other person feel like oh no, it's okay. It's spoiling the child, so to say. No, like if like a parent, I imagine one, one has to do, to be very careful how to navigate that. No, you don't want to spoil your child. <laughs> You're always okay. No, but everyone is wrong but you, and it's not that. Sometimes you need to poke, you no, know, in a loving way. There is one famous priest in, in Chile in South America, and he will say that, you no, know, that, 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 that the real symptom of I mean, we have to be, how do you say it literally? Uh, I forgot the literal quote, but he will say something in that connection. Like we have to be we have to be poked as as much as we can. Tolerate something like that, not not, not like an over demand, but we need some poking. So, <clears throat> again, there is no universal formula. Like you do this till this this amount and this amount of this and this amount of that. That's a formula that works for everyone. Depending on each case, you have to test. Now you have to test. Okay, I'm being sincere. I'm being honest. Like I said yesterday, now I want to offer constructive criticism to someone. Let's let's give that example that we gave yesterday. I have a friend. I want to be well wisher to him. I want to be honest. He's my friend. Also, I want to be compassionate. I want to like over demand. I want I don't want to burn out my friend. <laughs> I want to help. So I want I will share some remark. First, I will have to see is what I will share. His own stuff, or is actually my own stuff projected? Because that can happen. <laughs> it's his stuff or my, or maybe it's both. He has something to solve, but I also have to solve the same thing. So I will be more cautious in telling someone something that I already I also have to work on. So okay, maybe it's not my stuff, it's what you need to change. Why I'm telling what, what's my intention? Why I'm Going to my friend and remarking something, what's what's intention in my heart? They have to, to investigate that. They have to take some time before going to my friend. Like why I'm telling this to my friend? I want to be right. I, I want to develop a sense of superiority by contrast with the other person's mistake. Or there's genuine well-wishing, care, compassion, <clears throat> and also before going to point that remark let me make in my mind a list of all the beautiful things that my friend has. Mm-hmm. So I, I put that into the scale also, not just you are this mistake that I'm pointing to you now and I, I'm reduce you to that. But there's so many beautiful things. And because of that, I'm concerned about this particular thing. So let's work on that. And finally this point of, okay, I'm, I'm pointing this to my friend. And I think that that's important in connection to your question. Okay. You are my friend, I love you, I want the best for you, and because I want the best for you, I'm poking you with this. (laughs) But I'm pointing this thing to you, but I commit myself to accompany you in the process of working on that thing that I'm pointing to you. So I'm not leaving you alone with the thing that I'm pointing. I'm not telling you, hey, you have this to change, my friend. Please change that. Good luck and i'm living, and it's like okay yes it's true thank you but you feel overwhelmed but if your real friend is there like no no i'm seeing this i'm I'm your friend i'm saying this with affection you have to change this even with strong words a friend can tell you that but then you say but you can count on me and i'm there with you for going on this journey you are not alone I'm, you have my support so that's like wow I, I feel the affection of that person so I think receiving that confidence and affection and support helps not to feel overwhelmed by the <laughs> by whatever remark was done. So I think that's a big symptom of, of compassion. Also. Not only I point the thing, but I commit myself to be there with you in, in your process of working on that thing. Um, and again, we, we may fail. Sometimes we may not be as sensitive enough we may share too much truth to the other person sometimes we may fail in that Mm -hmm. and we are open to learn maybe the other person may say you know what it was true what you told me thank you but it was too much Mm -hmm. (laughs) or at this particular moment in my life uh, it it was too intense i became too overwhelmed so i appreciate your words so maybe you received the feedback from the other person and okay thank you, and you adjust, and and that's how we communicate with each other, we need back and forth, it's not just, okay, I throw you the thing, good luck, solve that out, and see you next chapter or something, but it's just like, it takes time, and it takes lots of, how to say, of expertise to develop empathy and perception, and, and know the other person, because if I know I'm assuming that, of course, your question and my answer is in the context of telling something to someone we know, Mm -hmm. because if it is someone who just came yesterday to the program, I will not go and and tell them, like, because I don't know you. But if we know each other, we assume, okay, there is a trust. There is a confidence. We know each other. We can relatively know our limitations and even know our, uh, how do you say, Aquila's heels. (laughs) our weak, our blind spots Mm. so I may know you and I may love you but I know that certain things trigger you in a special way so I will be careful not to trigger that too much because I know that if that gets triggered you won't be able to get anything of what I want to tell you and it's not that you are bad that you don't want to hear from me but you just have that trigger as I have mine (laughs) so also part of being compassionate sometimes is not just reminding the other person you have this trigger you still have this tree <laughs> there may be a moment to talk about that and there may be moments to to navigate the trigger and, and not hitting on that too hard because it gets in the way of the dialogue so we will see that in practice you No, know, when we, we are communicating with each other relating to each other with and get to know each other in time we realize okay i cannot talk about that thing too much with that person, or or in this way. It will take more time. First, I need to go. And the other person is figuring out, hopefully, the same things in relation to us. And, mm-hmm. and that's how we get to know each other and to also show that we love each other. Because that's tapasia. No. That's not easy. That mm-hmm. requires time and thought and empathy and entering into the world of the other person and allowing the other person to enter your world. But at the end, it, it's worth it, the, 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 the effort. I don't know. I, I just can't speak by my own, for my own experience. And I have a few. <clears throat> I have lots of friends by like Krishna's mercy, but I have a few very close, intimate friends that I lived with for more than 20 years. So imagine if you live with someone 20 years and still you haven't killed one another. Yeah. That's <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: something nice happened there. <laughs> But I I must tell, I mean, and and we are so, I mean, I will say our friendship is like invulnerable, so to say. I mean, I don't want to sound proud. It's just like it got so, we've gone through so much together and we have, but we spent probably thousands of hours talking, knowing each other, disagreeing with each other, fighting with each other, (laughs) making peace. (laughs) I mean, never to the point of thinking, breaking the relationship because we always knew, it's not about the, the intention of anyone. It's just ego and stuff getting in the way, and we need to sort this out. And mm-hmm. and it's, okay, let's see it. Two hours mm-hmm. trying to figure out <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> and I know that for many of us, it's like, mm, I'm not willing to do that. That's mm-hmm. the past, yeah. mm-hmm. Well, but probably then you won't have any significant deep relationships in your life. Everything will be flat, flat, and superficial, and and different to difficult to sustain in the face of challenges. Yeah. So we need to invest ourselves at least with a few persons because we don't have too much time to talk thousands of hours with three hundred people. <laughs> but if you need sign- those people that are the most close to us. So that's for me a way of of showing yeah. this compassion and and saying what we need to tell because these friends of mine, I mean they when they need to tell me something, they will tell it. There's no like, Oh, his Maharaj. <laughs> There's no Maharaj. <laughs> we are friends. We are brothers and sisters. So those have been, they have been the people who have talked to me strongly than anyone else. But they are my closest friends. So I feel the affection. It's like a like a loving thunderbolt, <laughs> if you want to. Believe. So it's it's compassionate. It's loving. It's caring, and it's strong. But but I know the person, and they know me. So we know we can talk in this way, and we will appreciate that. You no, know? it's not that you are my enemy. Why are you talking to me? <laughs> no. So but it takes time, of course. It's not that the first day I met them we were talking each other like that. That that took took years, you no. Know? So I don't know if that makes some sense or oh, helps. No, very
2: good. Yeah. I, and from that I, I got that like from the other side. Um uh the destiny for us for our struggles is to <laughs> isn't it, to seek, to have the association of such friends that will point those things up to us because the tendency, I guess, is that water seeks its own level to to, um, to surround ourselves with people that only agree with us mm-hmm. 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I was kind of thinking um, how that all sort of, t- like everything's tied into the generation. Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking about the how we uh, relate to the different um, different devotees, whether, uh, senior or, um, you know, or new, or, like that, or friendships, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like the uh, sometimes the hardest ways to relate um, for those who have a more of a you feel like a more of a equal equal yes friendship how to yes. You know, like not not just uh, always like you were saying that you 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 spent so many time too much time with with these friends for twenty years or something, mm. and um, you you weren't afraid to have disagreements and work things out, and that was all not just always just agreeing with each other on on everything and patting each other on the back. That you know, like <laughs> so yeah yeah
0: yeah, totally totally agree. Of course, from these intimate friends, I received the strongest criticism, but this, the the deepest praise or affection also. No, mm-hmm. so it's. But I agree with, with the point you mentioned. No, we can have relationship with seniors, juniors, and peers, and relationship with peers are the most challenging, mm-hmm. <laughs> because they will treat us as peers. Mm-hmm. No? I mean, which is not bad, but it's not. With the senior, we were more like okay. <clears throat> Maraj, Gurudev. and I'm not saying it's bad I'm just saying it's a certain relationship with juniors we are the seniors so to say and it's but with peers there is a unique type of one-to-one connection that may be challenging in many ways no but it's very important very important I mean all the relationships are important but if you only have peer juniors and seniors and no peers that can be dangerous. That can be a problem because we can be attached to even to make a show of of like, okay, with my seniors, it's like, mm. and with the juniors, it's like, mm. <laughs> just some mudras to symbolize. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the equals, there is no this and this, No, it's like, <laughs> whatever, no? So <laughs> so that's more challenging, but it's, that, that's very, that's very necessary and as you mentioned it's important that we allow ourselves to be to to open and relate with people that we we have difference of opinion, difference of mood, because if we just like and that happens a lot in social media, you now we, we sometimes just get along with those who think like us. Mm-hmm. And if I someone I don't like, I block him. That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> I don't need to deal with difference of opinion. Just I delete, block, and I just have my mm-hmm. tribe. No, that that validates whatever I think, and and we validate each other, but it becomes so insular. And so
2: algorithm mm-hmm. is doing that as well. Everything
0: right? confirms,
2: suggesting everything Validates. The, yeah, the gives your the paradigm.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a further confirmation. Your paradigm is all and in all. And when you find something that differs from that, it's like my gosh, it's like the world is collapsing. Now I have oh. to run away. or I have to attack. I have to block because. Mm-hmm. I lost all capacity to deal with diversity and difference of opinion. So we become completely non-nuanced. Mm-hmm. We lost all nuance, all capacity for, for for critical thinking and interaction. So it's healthy. It's healthy to be with people we disagree with. You know, in a healthy way, of course. No, Not just forcing yourself too much. But it's good. You know? If someone has a difference of opinion, okay, it's challenging. It's inviting me to to see from another perspective, but probably is, is what I need. You know? so, and at the end of the day, nobody has the same opinion that, that anyone else. Even if, if we somehow are more similar, still we are different. You know? and <clears throat> but I think that if, if if it if a difference happens in the context of the greater unity, like for example, we are now here together, and all of us are different individuals and even many of us are affiliated with different Gaudiya Vaishnav missions or no mission at all in my case. (laughs) So that's difference that creates a difference. But somehow we are still here not jumping onto each other's neck and we are coexisting in a nice way. (laughs) But there is diversity and I'm sure I'm saying things which may be challenging for you. I'm seeing your faces, don't forget. But it's okay. I think I'm saying that because I I know it's healthy and it's good and I'm willing to be challenged myself because also I'm exposing myself. I mean, I come into a place that I know. I mean, I I didn't know any of you. That's challenging. I'm just taking a plane to a place to meet people that I never met. So I don't have a clue what will happen. (laughs) And that happens a lot. I'm going to a lot of places like that. I'm just invited. Of course. I'm trusting and I'm not coming with any negative idea who might be these guys here, but I don't know. I'm open. I'm open and I, I'm sure I will be challenged in a healthy way, not like to adapt, to adjust, to be empathic, to to get to know you and to to adjust, but still I, I am who I am. So you also are. I have to adjust to me and adjust to you. I mean, so it's healthy imagine if just i come and i say all the things that you expect all the things that you already know i, I i'm not interested in that <laughs> even if you say i want that so i be inspired i want mara just to confirm all my opinions it's like no that's dangerous <laughs> i don't want to be such an enemy of yours <laughs> Of course, I'm not being coming here. Also, like I will disturb all of you and challenge to the maximum. I, that's not e- either the, the idea, but but that happens even if we don't try. You know? Just by our own diversity, will be different. And, and the thing is that internally we accept that. You know, we don't like fight against that, or we are not afraid of that. We don't feel difference of opinion as a threat, because sometimes this mechanism get triggered. Like. Oh, He's thinking different, saying it must be wrong. It's not legal. It's not bona fide. No, because it's not saying it's saying the same thing but with other words sometimes. So even if it's other word, but it's just a word, just a form. So yeah, we all need to be put outside of comfort zone and see reality from from different places. And if we are honest at the end of the day, we will realize actually we share way more in common than what we thought. (laughs) <laughs> and they were more like superficial layers of fear and, and that, that got in the way. But when we are able to push them aside and open to this diversity, it's like, wow, I'm getting nourished by by these differences of opinion. I need that. That's in, enriching my opinions, my thoughts, my feelings, and I can coexist with differences of opinion. As, as I say the other day, that will be existing in eternity. <clears throat> Remember the example I told you. We will say Krishna is the source of Narayan, But if you go, if you take a spaceship, so to say, (laughs) to Vaikuntha, and you cannot go to Vaikuntha in spaceships, just in case, Mm -hmm. but you go there, and the inhabitants of Vaikuntha, the spiritual world, will tell you Krishna is an avatar of Vishnu. That's the spiritual world. We will disagree for eternity. (laughs) <laughs> but it's okay it's by Kunta free of from anxiety so try to imagine they have this that's a big difference <laughs> in eternity in gologs, they think one thing you follow my point so mm-hmm. if we are not able to co- coexist here with differences and, and accept that how we will go to a place where such a possibility is, is present so yes yeah, it's healthy so Thank you for giving me also the opportunity to taste the local diversity here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Thank you for coming here and trusting us. <laughs> <laughs> thank,
0: you for tru- no, thank you for trusting me because, I mean, for me, if someone invites me, it's also, I mean, they have done some research before inviting me <laughs> about who I am. And if in spite of that, they keep inviting me, it's like, okay, they trust me. Or oh, they're open to to hear from me. So that's that's not a joke for me. It's not like it's a cheap thing. Okay, these people is inviting me, they're open, they're trusting. These people, I don't want to sound these people. No? I mean I mean this Vaishnavas <laughs> are trusting, are open to trust. So that's delicate because if you're open to trust, you are vulnerable, you're opening. So I, I can nourish that or I can create chaos in if, if someone is open to trust and I how to say, you no, know, I deal with that in a wrong way, I can create trauma. So it's a very like it's like if you are about to to go on surgery and we are like open like that. <laughs> you can save the person or you can just kill them over. So in the same way, you no, know, when someone is open to trust, it's like okay, hey, this is a very serious moment, very delicate thing. How can I nourish you know, and not Kill (laughs) no, and how can I open myself to the same thing? Because again, it's not just I'm coming here to nourish all of you, I come to be nourished as well. I need to be nourished, it's not just I'm just nourishing the whole planet, and I don't need any nourishment, it's nonsense. So, it's a reciprocal, mutual expression of love and trust. So, thank you so much, also. Excuse me for any, and you feel the line of dots with whatever word you want there. Mm-hmm. Excuse me for any disturbance and extra challenge, extra poking. No, <laughs> But yeah, thank you. Still, it's not the last lecture, so we don't need to enter into the farewell tone. <laughs> we can share a little bit more later today. Thank you so much. Sri Sachin and the Ki, Jai, Sri Jai, Sri